0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW. report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: And the American theater rings. Tony goes to. And the Tony Award goes to. And the Tony goes
1: to. Dear Evan Hansen.
2: Memphis.
0: Memphis. Avenue
1: Q. In the Heights. Hamilton.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to Next Best Theatre. I'm your host Michael Schwartz and I'm joined by my co-host Nicole Ackman.
3: Hi everybody.
0: Dan Bayer. Hello. Casey Lee Clark.
3: Hello.
0: Cody Derricks. Hi. And Lauren LaMagna.
4: Hello, hello.
0: Happy Tony season everyone. Happy Doesn't spooky like- Tony season.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, well, I
0: Wait a second. What are you talking about spooky? Doesn't it feel like the Tonys with summer just around the corner and all this fun? (laughs) Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait a second. That would be in a normal year. And of course, this is anything but a normal year. We didn't even make Tony predictions this year. That's how strange this year is. We are recording this episode on October 15th. So just as Cody said, spooky season. And on this uh, afternoon, the nominations for the 74th annual Tony Awards have just been announced. And we had no idea what categories were going to be honored this year or how many nominees would even be included in those nominations. We, we don't really still had know no when
2: shows. the ceremony is. <laughs> we yeah. yeah.
3: Right?
0: We're just sort of, you know, being very flexible here and going along with the flow. And, you know, they said James Monroe Ogleheart was going to announce the nominations. I'm like, okay, I like him. I'll see what he's up to. And he. Brought off a whole bunch of names, which was unexpected to me. I thought we were going to hear, like, four or five names and move on. But this is a real Tony's thing that's happening at some point, somewhere in time. Who knows? But, yes, uh, they were just sort of sprung upon us. So staying true to that very form, your next best theater team is going to have a very casual conversation about our thoughts on these Tony nominations and what we have to look forward to ahead. So without further ado, let's get around to saying what we each thought on a broad level here, and then we could dive into some specific categories and thoughts if needed afterward. Sound good? Yep. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's do Uh, it. I'm going (laughs) to mix up our usual order tonight because who wants to stick with that same old structure? And I'm going to start by asking Lauren, what did you think about the Tony nominations?
4: Um, They happened. it's still hard and weird to wrap my mind around the first half of the Theater season, it was a good first half. I mean, but that's how I'm describing it, because we did have, you know, a whole second wave of the season to see. And it just didn't happen, obviously, due to corona. But I'm glad that they're happening. I'm glad that they're here. But it's still weird seeing, you know, the same, like, three to five plays be nominated, because that's all that's there. But it's still good that they're being honored but yeah it's a it's a weird feeling for me it's weird
0: yeah it's definitely a weird season and i think everything we've seen today just magnifies that casey what did you think about the tony nominations
2: um like lauren i'm happy that they're happening i i don't really have strong opinions on any of these shows but i funny enough all the musicals i know most of the music from them so it'll be i'm excited to see whatever kind of performance aspect they bring to it Probably something like What happened with the Sondheim concert? Probably a lot of individual solos and things from home working their way around it. I'm looking forward to that. As far as the nominations, I mean, there's definitely some big things that we're all going to talk about, but as a whole, I'm happy that they're happening
3: and I'm looking forward to all that.
0: Terrific, Nicole. What were your thoughts?
3: So, I do just want to say first that I thought that James Rowe Iggleheart announcing these was delightful. He said, all the names right, seemingly, uh, which is better than most years. I thought that was a really nice uh, thing for them to do, and it was, you know, nicely put together. I'm excited to see what they end up doing for the actual show. I am a little bit weirded out by the fact that we still don't have a date. Uh, That feels very strange to me, but I wasn't thrilled with what they did in that, to me, it makes no sense that they didn't just Combine categories instead of nominating the same things over and over and over. But I'm sure we will talk more about that later.
0: All Cody right. Monster CodyMonster91, what did you think? <laughs> oh, that's my full legal name. Hello.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> was watching these nominations kind of go by and I was like, okay, there's going to be some weirdness up ahead. There's going to be like a reduction of a category or combination and nope, we're really just treating this like it was a normal season where we only had three musicals open. Okay, cool. Got it. Um, it is extremely weird to me that nine of the musical categories have the same three nominees just by virtue of them being the only three musicals out of the four eligible that they chose to give nominations to um, the play category is obviously a little bit more varied and have more variety because They tend to open plays sometimes early in the season and close them or whatever. That's typical of any season. Um, But yeah, the weirdness really lies in the musical categories and I'm kind of surprised we're just (laughs) doing it the way we're doing it. It's a weird old list, but you know, I I love the Tonys. I love musicals. Obviously, I love Broadway. I'm excited to see it. I don't really have any allegiances to the uh, shows that were nominated. Um, It's kind of interesting that there's no clear like runaway like there's no Hamilton this year you know like there's no show that like got like raised across the board um so it, it'll be interesting to see I'm I'm talking about musical mostly here just because they're the more accessible thing you can like you know participate in when you're not in New York City um but yeah I mean I love the Tonys but this is this
0: is weird yeah definitely strange times and how about you dancing Dan
1: well uh uh I am of two minds about, I'm very happy that the Tonys are happening. Um, and I'm very glad that, you know, the work that did happen this year is being honored, but at the same time, it kind of feels like not all of the work that went on this year is actually being honored. Um, even the play categories, it seems to be the same couple shows in every category. And, I It is kind of weird, some of the uh, productions that get to call themselves Tony nominees and some of the people that get to call themselves Tony nominees, because in any normal season, we would not be seeing that. And some of them is, that's great. And some of them, I'm like, oh, that, well, good for you. <laughs> um, but on the whole, like... I'm just I'm just so happy to have theater on the forefront of my mind again and to be reminded of some of the great productions I did see before the world went to hell Yeah,
0: definitely. And just to talk about my own thoughts here, uh, when I was listening to the nominations, I actually forgot they were happening at noon and I was driving. So I had a James Monroe Eichelhardt coming out of the speakers around my car, which was actually very nice. I would do it again, you know, maybe turn on Aladdin or something one day. Mm -hmm. But uh, listening to these nominations, I wasn't able to like sit and process everything until I got home later on. But, you know, listening to everything that he was saying, I heard some names pop up there like a John Benjamin Hickey, Sean Allen Krill, Lauren Patton, uh, Elizabeth Stanley, people who have really been in the weeds for a while now. So seeing them recognized in this abnormal season, I think they're inspired nominees. And that Tony nomination is something you have for your entire career. So knowing that they are now Tony nominees, they are in the club, they get to say that they were in Tony nominated productions and, you know, made that mark. It's a really nice thing to see. As for having these full nominations many months after Broadway closed, look, I like consistency. In 50 years when I'm 75 years old and looking back on the 2020 Tonys and Tonys of years past, I want to say, oh, wow, they actually had nominees that year. It doesn't look like a gap. And even though there wasn't Broadway as we know it, it still looks like something was happening. And I hate, you know, inconsistencies just in general. So this was nice to see just from that standpoint, having some sense of structure in these otherwise turbulent times just feels right to me. And even though there's nothing normal about these times, it was just a nice reminder of how things were and could be again one day. And it was just nice to see that we're filling in rather than leaving a bunch of gaps.
2: Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm glad we're doing something because shows did open this year. It doesn't make sense not to reward them just because of, you know, things outside of their circumstances. I feel the same way, but the Oscars. Um, but yeah, the weirdness comes from kind of just the seeming uh, ignoring of the uh, unusual circumstances by the nominating committee. But I mean, yeah, all these people are Tony nominees. That doesn't change based on what's going on in the world.
0: Yeah, and just, you know, having them there, like we said, for years and years to come, even if they don't win, and many of them won't, obviously, because they're nominees and there's usually only one winner, even though there are ties every once in a while. Uh, having them there as Tony nominees for the rest of their career, that's a nice mark to have when Broadway reopens and you could say, oh, I was Tony nominated. You know, that gives me some clout to be in the show now.
3: At the same time, I'm happy for the individuals, but the fact that Moulin Rouge will forever be a show that has 14 Tony nominations uh, and Jacket Little Pill has 15, making them, like, some of the highest nominated musicals does feel so strange to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, you
0: know, uh, at the Oscars, Little's about to tie Lord of the Rings for nominations this year. So it's just a weird time <laughs> for...
1: <laughs> Don't <laughs> even about <your> that, Michael.
0: <laughs> it's a weird time for, you know, record-breaking nominees, but... No, that's... yeah.
4: I'm seeing it as... Um... Asterisks really when I, we say the numbers and we say Tony nominee. Yes, it is good that they are all nominated and they're all very talented people. But I always I have to think, you know, in you know that alternative universe when if all of those other shows open, would they have been in competition? Would they have had a chance? Would they actually have made it into that five or into that slot? So I do put an asterisk next to them because you know there's no way that Moulin Rouge would get all of those nominations if every other musical that was supposed to open did open and then oh, Tony yeah so that wouldn't have happened so I'm putting the asterisk there so yeah it technically is Tony nominated but like but is it really, it really Tony nominated. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah so uh one of the things that stuck out to me as I was driving around listening to these was the inclusion of something like seawall and a life this uh they were two one acts presented together in summer 2019 and that's something that had we had a normal season with Company and Carolina Change and everything else that would come along, uh, I don't think we would have seen that in a larger season. But since it's condensed, do, it,
1: you do know those are musicals and no, CD I know. I'm just saying, play, yeah, right? I'm I, I'm, they, they're not well, really comparable. They would, wouldn't be have have been complete competing for nominations together.
0: The point was that there would have been more shows, whether they're plays or musicals. And that is a show that I think would have gotten lost around all the other noise in there. You know, if you want to play Virginia Woolf or something like that, or mm-hmm. Take Me Out, what, whatever was there. So, you know, to have Seawall uh, and a Life show up and not just get like nominations for Jake Gyllenhaal and Tom Sturridge, but end up in a uh, Best Play itself, like that was a significant thing for me. Uh, what else was there? Oh, there was I mean,
1: some- absolutely. That that was a a very small um, production, even though it had big names in the cast, and a it it, it was nice to see it rewarded. Uh, since I heard good things about it, um, it was nice to see it rewarded with these nominations. I'm um, some of them. Some of the other nominations, I just love like when a category is just like half the cast of *Jagged Little Pill*. Yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> which of course, like you know, makes you start wondering, like, well, if this was a normal season, which one of them would get in, right? Right. Um, but it, like, it good for you know, good for all of them, and I hope that they, you know, get to put it on their resumes and that their quotes can go up.
3: And I am personally thrilled because we do have a uh, Elon alumni. Uh, nominee this year Daniel J. Watts for Tina the Tina Turner musical so as an Elon alum myself I have to be excited about that there are some people in this that I'm very like I was thrilled to see Derek Klinna get a nomination there are some people that I was very excited to see that we can call them a Tony nominee it's I feel like there's a weird dichotomy in my mind right now where I'm willing to call all of the individual people nominated, like, oh, Tony nominee. But in my mind, I'm like, no, Moulin Rouge! doesn't have 14 real Tony nominations.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and among, among all the weirdness with, like, you know, what was eligible, there is some fun inclusions, stuff that normally probably wouldn't get recognized. Things like the revival of Frankie and Johnny that opened a year and a half ago gets two nominations that probably I can almost they certainly wouldn't have happened in a regular year.
3: The show that I saw while well, I still lived in New York City. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like, it's so weird to me. I'm like, wait, I saw that. Like, how is that real? And Audra was fantastic. I will say, like, it, it, it is a good Tony season because Audra McDonald is nominated.
1: Like, I mean, that yes. alone makes it a real organization. I mean, a <laughs> so. real, a real- awards ceremony year, you know yes
0: and a little fun fact about her so this is her ninth tony nomination the record the record is 10 which is a tie between julie harris and chita rivera Mm -hmm. so audra has you know many years left hopefully knock on wood to uh surpass that and you know turn into the real merle stripper of broadway i know she already has uh the record for most wins she has a six tony wins which is wonderful but you know let's keep going let's see what she can do in terms of nomination tallies why not
3: let's get her a seventh
1: <laughs> i mean she's gonna she's gonna blow past that record yeah I mean, it's amazing it's just going to happen
0: Hey, it's Spanish.
3: And it's Verlaine, and we are Game Fix.
0: Hey, where are you gonna get the latest video game news and reviews? Anywhere on the internet. No, no, no. Where where are you gonna get unfiltered opinions, brutal truths, and pretty much things nobody has the balls to say. Ah, then, my friend, you're talking about us, the Game Fix podcast. Damn right I am. If you want to join us for our takes on gaming news, honest gaming reviews, and celebrity interviews... Uh, Oh, we're doing this rhyming thing? Well, then get on your shoes. We'll eliminate your blues. Hey, you might end up with some really heavy clues. No, no. no. Find our podcast on iTunes or our website at GameFixShow.com. Hey, maybe video games aren't your thing. I was a loser once, too. We talk movies comics toys to convince you that everything that we just said is true here's duke nukem
3: cheers love the Calvary's here no 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 the other line man take it from me duke nukem either listen to the game fix podcast or go f- yourself i don't really care Whoa. Whoa.
1: but um, i just i want to take a moment to celebrate and also shed a tear for my favorite category this year Best original score.
3: (laughs) All right, I need to take some calming breaths.
1: (laughs) Because I think um, if there was an argument for any category that maybe shouldn't have been a thing this year, it's this one. Um, Seeing as how it, you know, technically really is for the best score of a musical even though plays sometimes get nominated to fill it out but there's not a single musical there because every musical that opened that the Tonys decided to look at this year was a jukebox musical and that kind of says I, maybe it says something, maybe it doesn't say something about the state of original musicals on Broadway right now. I
3: also think it's important to recognize that there was an eligible show for this category. I am
1: going yep. to give you the floor on that one,
3: <laughs> Um, I've mentioned on the podcast before, I saw Percy Jackson, or the, the Lightning Thief, the Percy Jackson musical, uh, whenever it was on national tour and it came to New York. Um, it's not the Tony, like, demographic type of show, but it is a really beautiful show in terms of how much, how many people it's brought into musical theater. Like, whenever I was there, I sat next to two teenage girls who told me they'd never seen a show before, but because they loved Percy Jackson, they had come to see it, and at the end, they were so excited, and they were talking about, like, oh, well, maybe we should go see this other show, and I thought that was really lovely, and it's also... Uh, a really loving adaptation of a novel. And the cast, uh, most of whom have been with it since it was off-Broadway, then it went on tour, and then it went to Broadway briefly, uh, you know, have really stuck with the show. And they, it, it's really a labor of love. And it is also the only original uh, score of this past year. And I think it's a real shame if, you know... Is it the best score of all time? No. It actually does have a handful of songs in it that, like, it has one song that would probably make my top 25 musical theater songs of all time list, uh, sung fantastically by Chris McCarroll, but I'll talk about that later. Um, And I I think it's a real shame that they didn't nominate it here, especially considering, you know, last year, like, Be More Chill got a score nomination. I was just going to say, yeah. And it's better than that. So I just think... This category would also make more sense if you had one musical and then some plays. But to just nominate five plays honestly just feels kind of petty to me, which a lot of the snubbing of The yeah. Lightning like, Thief feels petty to me. And that's kind of mm-hmm. why, frankly, it's hard to bring myself to care this year just because of that.
1: It's one of those things where, like, I was like, listening or looking at the nominations afterward because i unfortunately had a work meeting while they were being announced so mm-hmm. i was very sad to not be able to watch live but when i looked at who was nominated after i was like did did people just not know that it was eligible like did they well, think the- it fall under the special event banner and thus wasn't eligible like did they get eligibility lists or did people just like write down their nomination they it's, were definitely eligible yeah, its, it's exclusion even like did people think that it wasn't
2: mm-hmm. its exclusion even makes its absence is even louder given the fact that um, it's pretty obvious that the reason they didn't nominate it for best score is because uh, being the only musical in that category as we've seen before not it's never happened where there's only one musical. Uh, in the score category, but there's been times where it's been, you know, like two musicals, two plays, and they always give it to a musical. It would have defaulted to the musical. And I, it just kind of reads like the Tony nominators didn't want to have their name on The Lightning Thief. I mean, that's pretty obvious given the fact that the two categories where we assumed it would default into a nomination, leading actor and score, they went out of their way <laughs> in various ways to exclude it. In one category, actor, they you know reduced the nominee down to one, which is fairly unprecedented. And then in score, they nominated five non-musicals. It's It's pretty... Pretty egregious in terms of like the messaging of it. I I, I have no allegiance to Percy Jackson in the direction.
1: Yeah, it me me too. And it's just very. It reads as very strange. I very was like, gay-keeping. yeah,
2: yeah. I, we were I all we were all texting each other as it was like happening, and I was like, did I miss
3: something that it actually wasn't eligible? Like I was like, it had to have been like just a default nominee in like some places. It honestly like. Having seen it, it should have shown up in score, leading actor, and uh, lighting. Because the lighting of it was very cool. Yeah, And, you know, it's not the kind of thing that I don't think anyone expected it to show up across the board. Like, I think we all knew they'd want to default down to three shows in a lot of these categories. But the fact that they were willing to default from it to three jukebox musicals, Um, I honestly think makes them look bad. Yeah, and I will say on Twitter today The lightning thief is all I saw anyone talking about so I think it kind of backfired on them
0: So here's my theory about what may have happened and it might be a flawed skewed theory, but it's just you know hear me out here When this show opened it was last fall, right? It was like September or October It was right after the prom closed because I know it was at the same theater. Yeah, so it opened last fall No sign that a pandemic was coming. We thought it would just be business as usual. And that is a show that on the surface, on the surface is not something that, you know, we would look at and go, oh, that's a total Tony contender in a normal year. And I think when you talk about the gatekeeping element of it, you have this American theater wing and voters who go, "Eh, I don't really have to, you know, see that show. I'm not really interested. It's not going to really be a Tony thing. We'll have bigger contenders down the road. So that show closes way before the pandemic. And then they assume everything else is going to come along, and it just doesn't. So I question how many people actually saw the show, if it's not something that they were, you know, maybe that intrigued to see in the first place, and then well, that's, that's why it doesn't show up anywhere.
2: That then is up to the producers, who it's their job to invite Tony nominators. And if we, if they didn't invite enough Tony nominators, we would have known, because that's what happened to the West Side Story revival, which yeah. did technically open, but they didn't invite enough um, Tony nominating committee members to be eligible, that wasn't the case with Lightning Thieves. Mm-hmm. So people did see it. They just willingly. <laughs>
3: and there's to also ignore it. an album. Like, there's a soundtrack out there. Like, Yeah, literally, I literally listened to it this morning. Like, you can <laughs> listen to it. Yeah, it's there. It's a very good album in terms of like representing the show, too. I also think for me, Um, If I was a Tony nominator and I had passed on seeing this show, and I got to the part where it says leading actor in a musical, and there's only two people eligible, frankly, as a person who likes to consider themselves to be a decent human, I would have just nominated both men.
4: Because the first one's already there by default.
3: Right, like, we all knew that Aaron Tveit was going to win this, um, and I honestly think that him winning as the only nominee in the category, A... Like, that's not how I would want to win an award. Like, that kind of puts a weird damper on him winning. And B, is so disrespectful to Chris McCarroll, who also, I will say, gave one of my favorite performances of last year. That, like, I don't know. I just feel really weird about the whole thing. Although I do love the caveat that Aaron Tevait has not automatically won the award. Right. 60% of people must vote for him. And, like, I have nothing particularly against Aaron Tevait. This is not the like role that i want to see him get his tony for like that role has kind of come and gone like can you imagine if they're like oh the no one wins the tony award for best actor in a musical right it essentially
2: becomes not who's gonna win it becomes if this one man is going to go home with the tony award tonight which is odd <laughs> so weird and there's precedence for having one nominee in a category it happened back in 1995 with sunset boulevard they just gave it best book and best score but that year there were no other nominees possible the only other new musical yeah. was smoky joe's cafe which did not have a score or a book
1: it so was a jukebox musical that was, it was just yeah number after it was a number. review there yeah. was not even a plot
2: there was no dialogue so yeah. i don't so there's precedence for one nominee But this is different.
3: (laughs) There's precedent to get rid of the category, though, because in 1985, they didn't have a Best Actress or Best Actor in a musical award because there was only one woman eligible for Best Actress. And so they decided to also do away with the Best Actor because they felt that there uh, weren't enough people um, that were worthy of the nomination. But so, like... (sighs) Sorry, that's just. Funny. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm assuming that means that they didn't want like a two person category, but like you There is precedent to also just say, oh, there aren't enough people eligible here, so like we're just gonna not do it.
2: Right, and in that Tony Award, what happened was they shuffled the leading actors and actresses down to featured because like the man who played Huck Finn in Big River and the one who played. Anna and the King and I revival year were nominated and featured, and obviously those are not featured roles. So there's precedence again to combine the categories. They could have done it. They just yeah. chose not to for I, don't, I had no reason.
3: There's plenty of room for Aaron Tveit in the featured category. Like it's not oh. like oh it was already too crowded. Like I mean I would have loved to have had them have to choose between like Danny Bernstein and Aaron Tveit for Moulin Rouge. But I I do I don't know the whole thing just rubs me totally the wrong way Uh, because it it, it just seems so petty to me. Um, And it also, I think, is very alienating to uh, young theater fans who, in the same way that, you know, they went hard for Be More Chill last year, they went hard for Dear Evan Hansen, um, and that luckily paid off for them. But The Lightning Thief is Mm -hmm. the musical that young theater fans uh, are very into, partially because like it's a, it has a lower production value because they purposely wanted to keep the ticket costs down um, so that younger people could see it. I just think it's a real shame that a lot of them, and I've, I've already seen a lot of stuff today on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter, are feeling completely unrepresented by the Tony Awards and also now have very little interest in the Tony Awards. And as as a kid who grew up with the Tony Awards being like my one real link to theater during the year, um, I think that's a real shame.
2: Yeah, and it's weird that this year of all years is the year they choose to be picky about what who they want, you know, their eyes on the Tony Awards when they
0: really can't <laughs> afford to be losing any sort of audience at all. Yeah, it's, you know, an interesting thing, because, Nicole, you make a good point. I'm someone who, you know, has these has unchecked biases in a way where I see a show like The Lightning Thief and go, "Yeah, it's is what it is. It's just that kid thing. But I guess, you know, I don't think of it at a broader level of, oh, there really is an audience out there that cares passionately about this and doesn't see themselves represented in this theatrical community as a result.
1: Well, so, but, you, but, you know, like, they nominated the SpongeBob SquarePants musical for... A lot. Yep. And deservedly so, because it was well done and well performed. And it I mean, by all accounts, even the negative reviews of the Lightning Thieves said that the um the lead actor was good. So I don't understand.
3: And it's it's weird to me too, because not only were reviews good for Chris McCarroll, they were good for Kristen Stokes, who was in the lead female role, they were good for the supporting cast. So it's it's just very weird to me. I kind of expected them to to get shuffled out of the bigger categories, but them snubbing the actors, um, particularly someone like, you know, Chris McCarroll was also in the Les Mis revival. Like, he, he has other Broadway credits to his name. Uh, just feels so odd of a thing to do, particularly in a year like this, when, um, you know, the Tony Awards need to be sort of a... Time to celebrate and to uplift and to remind people why they love theater and why we have to fight to make sure that theater remains something that can happen post-pandemic. It it just feels like a a an unfortunate thing that has occurred.
4: I agree. No, I agree with you. Yeah, like because at the end of the day, yes, not every single show that opens on Broadway should get nominated for a Tony. We're very well aware of that, but when we're in a situation like we are right now where particularly in the musical category where you're literally nominating every single person in every single musical but one out of four is you cannot look at that and you know as nicole said this tony awards it's not really an award show it's really a celebration and really is theater and New York theater and Broadway saying to the world, I am here. I'm still here. And I'm going to fight like hell to make sure that I'm here once the pandemic is over. So it really is a celebration of what theater does, not how, not who's better than who. So the fact that, you know, everything but one show was just alienated. It does leave a weird sting in my mouth.
3: I can honestly say it's the first year. I'm not excited for the Tony awards just because it, it, feels so icky to me now. Um, And it's a time that it should have been uplifting theater and uplifting all these shows that, like we've said, The Lightning Thief isn't the only show this year that is not your typical Tony Awards show. And so, you know, I think that it would have been a really cool opportunity to be like, let's honor all of these shows. Let's have performances from all of these shows and just acknowledge that, yeah, it's a weird year, but we're still going to make do with what we have. And that—that that I guess wasn't how the Tony Awards uh, people thought. So
1: it's so upsetting.
2: Are there some things that people are excited about though? You know, that's still you know the Tonys. We love Broadway. I'm really looking the has a Tony nomination. Sure. That's yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. And Cody like the
1: possibility up. for Karen Olivo to become a two-time Tony winner.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm here that's for not, it. Well,
1: that's not happening, but okay.
3: I am it's so bad, it's a thrilled,
1: and I'm here for it.
3: I am <laughs> so excited for Adrienne Warren to win her Tony. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. No, but honestly, I do think that like there are some really exciting people in here. Um, I think it's it's pretty fun that we get like Tony Award nominee Jake Gyllenhaal, be, mostly because that may not have happened in a in a normal year.
4: Three time Tony Award nominee.
3: Oh, that's right. But like, I don't I don't think he was going to get it for for this normally i'm so thrilled the one thing that i'm really really happy about um is slave plays 12 nominations yeah
1: yeah i mean mean, even before the the shutdown happened it was pretty clear that it was going to come down to slave play versus the inheritance in most categories and that played out exactly as we expected
3: (laughs) yeah because the inheritance is one behind it with 11
0: yeah One thing I'm excited for on Tony night, you know, we were just talking about Aaron Tveit and best actor. Uh, I would like to see on the telecast him show up with his Andrew Ross hair from uh, Les Mis. (laughs) (laughs) Just to spice things up on the telecast a little bit. That would be interesting. I hope he's Uh, not in his
2: AirPods like he did during the Sondheim concert. Oh my God. (laughs)
0: Amazing. I want the, uh, him to show up with that hair. And I saw someone on Twitter suggest that, you know, he's the only nominee there. Would it have killed them to put in Raul Esparza from Company back in 2006? Just
3: <laughs> One more time. You would
1: deserve
0: it, honestly.
3: <laughs> someone said, couldn't we have just done a Tony Awards for all the other shows from the Hamilton year uh, to let them get their due? And I was like, honestly? Yeah. <laughs> I would and have been down should, for that. I would be here for awards
2: for Waitress.
3: Yeah, right? We could have awarded Waitress. Could have awarded Bright Star. <laughs> I'm also, one of the, the most exciting things for me is the fact that um, we have two female nominees for director of a musical, which I think is is pretty exciting, and only one male nominee. I don't know if women have ever outnumbered men in that category before, so I think that's pretty exciting.
2: Yeah, and something else that's exciting is that, um, I know we're not doing predictions, but especially in... You know, not to play our hand too hard, but a uh, featured actor in a musical and leading actress in the musical, the uh, winner who I imagine is actually going to win probably would win in a normal season anyway. So we were talking about, you know, defaulting in the best actor category, but there's still some excitement for some really great worthy performances that are going to get their due.
4: Yeah.
1: And even in the nominees, there were people who were, you know, surprisingly shut out. Like, for example, um, Marissa Tomei didn't get a nomination for the Rose Cat 2. Yeah. Oh. Um And uh, I'm... Oh, God. They definitely could God. have nominated the, the female lead members if wanted also. to,
2: you know? Like, yeah, yeah there like... was there was room to move people around, and it wasn't just defaulting in every category.
3: Yeah, I guess Paul Alexander Dolan didn't get in for slave play. That's <laughs> true. Because that man is cursed.
1: But <laughs> it's, so <funny. laughs> it's so weird.
3: I think in... Th- What's interesting to me is like some of the categories like the best actor in a leading role in a play having how many nominees is that? Like
0: six. It was six. That's what they yeah. did with best actress in a play last year.
3: Yeah. Which this just isn't the kind of year that I would normally expect that to happen, but you know. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a good reminder of how many plays there were that did open uh before the shutdown.
0: I love seeing over and featured actress of a play, Jane Alexander and Lois Smith hmm that's really nice to see two uh veterans pop up there uh we were talking about jagged little pill Catherine gallagher uh daughter of peter gallagher seeing her nominated i'm sure she's very intelligent in her own i haven't seen her in the show yet but uh her father i was thinking about him and guys and dolls and it's like okay he did not get nominated but she did so she's carrying on the family legacy there at the tonys mm-hmm.
3: she and um stephanie styles who was in uh why i just blank on the name of that revival kiss last year kate. thank you kiss me kate um god i liked that show at the time but i guess it's completely left my memory um, she the two of them are, are very close friends and stephanie styles put up a very cute video of her reacting to Catherine getting nominated today oh, that's which great warmed my heart we love that
0: what else uh we already talked about adrian warren she's wonderful again i keep talking about shuffle along you have her and audrey nominated uh <laughs> shuffle along let's
1: just bring where is our concept. shuffle along revival everybody really where's your
0: <laughs> shuffle along recording let's start with that seriously true okay uh yeah those are the big ones in acting uh oh, laura linney is there i know nicole you saw that in london right my name is lucy Martin.
3: yeah i saw that in london it was it was fine it was good but it wasn't super impressive like i've seen two of the nominees in the best performance by an actress in a leading role in a play category, and I definitely prefer audra mcdonald in that role so that's that's my two cents there yeah i, I kind of feel like she got nominated because she's laura linney doing a one-woman show i mean yeah but it's it's not an undeserving nomination it's just not groundbreaking or anything
1: i mean same, it, it, like mary louise parker got nominated for the sound inside because she's mary louise parker like the reviews right. for that were not great <laughs>
0: It's tough for me to analyze some of these because normally in a regular season with no COVID and lots of shows running, I would be up in New York seeing everything I could. And these are all shows nominated that I just did not get around to before the shutdown. I would have seen some of them had we had more time. But it just did not work out that way. So here I am left, you know, trying to pull analysis based on things I've heard secondhand and from reviews and just my own research, but not actually having seen the shows.
3: Now you know what uh, what Cody and I are uh, <laughs> used to.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm 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 uh, a victim to YouTube clips and Spotify soundtracks. Um, yep, it's it's. Uh, which leads me to the next point. It's hard to, like, not even just predict, but analyze a category like best original score, which usually you can listen to in the comfort of your home anywhere in the world. Um, But the only uh, score that I could find online, I did some research today, was uh, the score to The Inheritance. Uh, The other four nominees I'm having trouble finding, so if anybody has them or Mm -hmm. a link or something, please share them with us, because we'd love to know what they're going to award. the, The
1: music in The Inheritance is very nice. Yeah, that's how I feel about most play music. It's nice. <laughs>
3: yeah. I feel like I'm going to have to, like, comb through reviews to be like, okay, which of these plays, like, had the score mentioned in their review? Like, oh, right. <laughs> Damn. Probably none. Well, that's the thing. Like, if any, if there's any one of them where people actually talked about it in the reviews, then I'm like, well, maybe that's the one. Like, maybe that's the score that sure. people would remember whenever they go to vote. Yeah. Either that or I honestly think, like, it will probably go to like the inheritance or slave play just because those are the big I was gonna say the big winners, but you know, in terms of nominations.
1: They're the two that are duking
3: it out. Right, yeah. exactly. I think we can kind of assume that one of the two will take a lot of the awards.
0: I hear this reaction and I think uh scores, beautiful scores. You know, <laughs> Great, scores, scores. Beautiful scores. <laughs> Great scores, beautiful scores. scores, beautiful
1: scores.
2: That's what I'm out of a play talking about as the score.
1: I'm very confused by this, a Christmas carol that keeps showing up on the play side. I do not remember that happening. Oh,
3: what a yeah, Christmas okay. Carol is it?
1: That was I, actually a big
0: deal last fall. That was with I, Andrea Martin. And it was this uh, sort not of. do remember this. It was there. It was a limited run. It was only about, I want to say, two and a half, three months. But it was very well reviewed. I was actually going to try to see it. But it such a short run. I just couldn't make it back in time. It was, uh, yeah, smaller cast. It was done. Uh, how do I explain? Not like, you know, some rugged style. But it was, you know not a big grand you know Broadway production it was on Broadway obviously but it was done you know on a different scale.
1: Minimalistically.
0: Minimalistically was yeah. I, feel um, like I believe so yeah bad. yes yeah. it was
2: um yeah and I, I believe it was a play with music you know that kind of odd term uh, yeah so I think it, it actually would probably be the closest to a musical of the nominees which would lead me to believe like maybe that'll win but again it closed uh, almost a year ago so who knows yeah
0: yeah here
1: so like how how do you have a christmas carol and not nominate the person playing um scrooge Scrooge Scrooge. as her leading actor like i feel like that's such a baby gimme thing (laughs) like yeah it just got craft nominations yeah
0: yeah so this was the show that opened november 20th and closed january 5th it was a very short run at the Lyceum, and uh Campbell Scott as Ebenezer Scrooge, Lashans as the Ghost of Christmas Present, Andrew Martin as the Ghost of Christmas Past. Uh, I remember it being very well received, so you know to get some tech nominations, I guess, is a nice thing there.
3: I think it's also weird to me because in London, there's always like three or four productions of A Christmas Carol, like every year, and they never get nominated <laughs> for Olivier's because they're not really seen as that sort of show. So, like, I truly saw it, and I was like. Oh, yeah, I guess you can nominate a Christmas carol for things, huh?
2: (laughs) (laughs) And the composer who was nominated for it, I believe, wrote the um, Lord of the Rings musical. So uh, he has a background in musical theater. Um, Let me just double check on that. Yeah, he did additional music for Matilda. Um, So he, you know, is somebody in the musical theater world. I don't honestly know the background of the other composer, so i can't say if that's the case for them um but they're not names i recognize so who knows
0: if this is the same guy i just looked him up christopher nightingale and he yeah has credits on imdb in the music department additional music composer and a lot of big blockbusters from recent years uh a quiet place black panther spider-man homecoming doctor strange The nice guy's Baywatch.
3: Good for him. Most importantly, most importantly, he did the music for the film Pride.
1: Oh, I knew I came it. Somewhere that makes
3: sense. Yeah, Yeah, here
0: it is. He did the soundtrack and he was the composer for Pride. That was at the very bottom on IMDb. Oh, and this is not his first
2: time nomination. He was nominated for the Matilda orchestrations.
3: That makes sense.
0: Mm -hmm. Good for you, you, Christopher Nightingale. (laughs) We love you, Christopher Nightingale.
3: (laughs) I guess we didn't get a orchestrations... Oh no, we did. Okay, no, they we just, did. It's no, the same it through there, musicals.
1: Yeah. Okay, it, it's, that's it's the another new nomination. Best original score category this year, since that's where all yeah. the musicals are.
2: Right, it's basically how you like re-scored every, you yeah. know, Tina Turner, Alanis Morissette, or yeah. every other song in history. Moulin Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel
1: Remember like they looking added at,
2: firework. It needs a nomination. <laughs>
1: I
3: mean, seriously. Oh my god. L-
0: t- looking at what we d- were just looking at with Christopher Nightingale, I feel like it's the scene from Mean Girls. Uh, Good for you, Christopher. You go, Christopher. And none <laughs> for Percy Jackson.
1: It's truly, it's like, oh, they remembered this production That's of A Christmas so mean, Carol?
4: Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> That's so mean. It really does so, feel like they had, like, six shows they could nominate and they were like, shit, did anybody see That Christmas Carol? It had music, right? Okay, fine. Fine, nominated. Not Lightning <laughs> Thief. I,
4: so,
0: yeah. Anything else before we close this out, or are those just our initial thoughts and then we'll return when we predict nominations eventually? Yeah, that's all I got. Weird year.
1: Um, I, I'm kind of excited that. Wait, no, never mind. I lied. I was going to say I was kind of excited that Tracy Letts is still a a Tony nominee this year, even though the minutes didn't open. But Linda Vista wasn't nominated for best play. So whoops.
3: I one quick thing I did want to say is, what kind of format do you guys think this is going to look like?
1: I, I think like it the will, Emmys. Yeah, I think that's that. That template, and since it worked so well, I can't imagine them doing anything differently for the Tonys or the Oscars. Um, frankly, I just don't know if they will still have performances like live. I,
2: I think you yeah, gotta. I mean, like, what the hell is the Tonys without singing? You know, like, well, it'll no, be weird. Th- it'll be weird as hell. But I, I think you gotta do even just like. A floating head in their apartment singing a song from Tina. You know, it's oh yeah, we'll nothing. be getting a bunch of Alanis Morissette. We're gonna have like four Alanis Morissette <laughs> four. numbers <of> people <laughs> in their apartments. <laughs>
1: I'm just kind of like, is are they going to use recorded like stuff from recordings of the shows, or are they actually going to do something live? That's what. Well, I, I think they would do something
0: live, and I think there's a way to do that if maybe everyone quarantines first, and then they find a socially distanced way to do it in some theater. You know, it's been done before.
2: Yeah, have them all go to the Shakespeare in the Park Theater and just sing Six Feet Apart. It's possible. <laughs> <That's a Delicort. laughs> or the Park
1: Avenue Armory.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. That's you know, so you...
3: weird. I think that's one of the most uh, interesting things this year, though, is just to see what is it going to look like. Yeah. This is
0: the perfect combination for those of us uh, De Lovely* fans out there to combine Atlantis Morissette and Broadway. She could perform her hit single from uh, DeLovely. Lovely*. <laughs>
1: Thought. yeah, yeah just, so
2: all uh negative four of you to lovely fans out there because michael schwartz is already on the podcast let us know <laughs> yeah.
1: look the lovely is delightful
0: okay <laughs> delightful is delicious it's delectable it's delirious oh god it I is think we're getting <laughs> a little delirious <laughs> oh, <God>. so <laughs> all right what else do we have to say about these tony awards anything before we put it to bed for i don't know even want to say a month or so because we don't know when these things are going to happen they could be like next spring for all I know.
3: that's uh that's my last thing is just please please someone give us a date like i need like i know that now that we have nominations i can believe that they're actually happening but i feel like i can't really believe it until i know what day they're happening
0: yeah you know i i really thought james monroe oglehart was going to tell us in the announcement Same. and he's like we will see you all soon And i'm like what
4: it's like all the trailers right now that just say coming soon at the end we're like what does that mean guys what does that mean <laughs>
0: yeah so my thought is that it'll be before the end of the calendar year. I have no you know information to base that on, but I just can imagine them extending this you know into January or February if they announce them in October.
3: Yeah. I mean if they if they keep the kind of schedule that they told us about the nominations on, they could one week just be like, by the way, Tony's next week <laughs>
0: <laughs> be there, or be square.
3: So I guess we better like start getting ready with our predictions in case we have to uh, do our predictions episode last minute. <laughs>
4: It's like we're doing a summer stock of the Tony seasons. We're just going. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Right through. Yeah. Yeah. I would have
4: died if he was like, tune in next week. Like, I.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That would have been amazing. I would have stand that, honestly. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Like, only the Tonys could get away with that.
0: I would have loved when they were announcing uh, the nominees for Best Musical. They could have been Jagged Little Pill moulin rouge tina and take me to the world a sondheim 90th celebration
3: (laughs) oh man i can't oh oh, lord
0: so all right well i think that does it here thank you everyone for joining us stay tuned for our next episode we're going to be doing an episode next month obviously but i don't know if this is going to be tony based or not all depends on when uh we get a date finalized but we will certainly be back for more tony talk to make our final predictions before the ceremony for now, though, Nicole, where can our listeners find you on Twitter?
3: You can find me at Nicole Ackman sixteen. Anyone listening who's also sad about Percy Jackson, please come and uh, talk talk to me. <laughs> uh,
1: Dan, you can find me on Twitter at and Dan on film. Cody, I'm on Twitter, Letterboxd, and Instagram at Cody
0: Monster ninety one. Casey,
4: you can find me on Twitter at Casey Lee Clark and Lauren. You guys can find me on the Twitter at Lauren LaMango.
0: Once again, I'm Michael Schwartz. You can find me on Twitter at mschwartz95. Thank you for being a Patreon subscriber. You can find additional Next Best Picture and Next Best Theater content on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening. We will see you all next time, and please, please, please vote. Thank you. Okay, if that happens again, I don't even know what we're gonna do. Call her Miss Clark.
4: <laughs> yeah. Bluetooth is weird, technology is weird. I don't get it.
0: Nicole, are we ready to try again?
4: I'm just still recording.
1: Okay,
0: perfect. <laughs> is that why at- try again?
1: I just started recording again because I decided, you know what, fuck that. <laughs>
0: okay.